Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter attack. It's an easy drop back. Hello and everybody, welcome to Chessie Hour. I am your host for this one, Daniel Soft, joined by regulars. Uh, Needs, what are you saying, bro? I'm complaining, bro. I'm good. How you doing? All good. We can't complain. Again, top of the table. When maybe performances aren't there, but we're winning. But you know, we, we'll still find stuff to complain about on an episode. And, and for that, we brought in Sam. What are you saying, bro? <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm good, man. It's it's been a it's been an up and down week in terms of Chelsea, but yeah, like you said, we're getting wins. So we're getting wins, but I'm going to bring Positive. up names like Alonso, and that's when I'm going to uh, chime in. <laughs> All right. So first attention. Of, first of all, we've just come off a win, Malmo, four nil win, biggest win under Tuchel, by the way, four nil. Uh, first thing before we get into anything, don't you think it's strange? Do you think it's strange that we haven't really kind of blitzed teams that much under Tuchel? Or are you comfortable with that idea that we can win, but maybe not blitz teams? I'll let you go first, Sam. Um, I'm not sure. It's a weird one. It kind of makes sense um, in terms five, of... We five at the really... back. Five at the back, right? It makes sense. Debatably seven, <laughs> to be honest. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we've definitely had a few free nils, right? Um, yeah. It's not like it's not a normal thing to blitz teams. I know we see City and Liverpool doing it kind of mm. re- regularly, so I think we look at that and be like, "Oh, we should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, we should be scoring five, six goals in that." But I mean, it's pretty easy to see that we don't exactly set up in a way to just blitz. Our kind of methods are more slow and methodical, and kind of wait for teams to come out, and then we kind of try to hit them rather mm. than just kind of hundred mile per hour football. Mm-hmm. Which obviously has its positives and its negatives. Um, so I wouldn't look too much into. But it's good that we won four 0 Maybe we'll yeah. go five 0 next time. Meads, what do you think? So uh, do you know what? a lot of Chelsea fans got defensive um, when people started saying that we're a defensive team. 
um, really and truly, the prowess from Chelsea, the fact that we've won tournaments, even the fact that we're top of the league, probably down more to our defence and our attack. Obviously, the first time we beat a team 4-0, um, how are you feeling about that? Um, unsurprised, really, just mm-hmm. given the way that I feel like the attack is set up. I've mm-hmm. always said that I don't really trust our attack to really put teams to the sword. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just aligns with what I've been watching and what I expect. Um, mm-hmm. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, even yesterday, I felt like, okay, let me let me be a bit positive. The game yesterday, I felt <laughs> like tactically, I love what people's doing. Okay, before we go, before we go too deep, because we'll get into it, before uh, we go too deep into that, let's talk about the lineup. Because when it came out, I think a lot of people kind of felt under, like unfulfilled or just for some, that's not what they was expecting. Unsatisfied. Unsatisfied. There was a couple of reasons. But remember Two what points. this was like, Dan? Remember what this was like? You see, mm. remember when Sari was here, yeah? Mm. And Sari was putting out the um, the Twitter 11, basically. And then we kind of, expect people were always expecting out the Twitter 11. And then sometimes he might just pick his main guys and mm. they're dry in comparison to the Twitter 11, remember? Yeah. So I think that's what it was like. Everyone was expecting yeah. certain players to play and yeah. then it didn't happen. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, what you know what I mean? So it was like, yeah. yeah. The the thing is, this is what I'm saying. So when you get your your regular, your manager's favorites as well, because for all intents and purposes, when that team came out, a lot of the people were saying, actually, that's our first, our go-to team. That's yeah. pretty much close to our strongest. But there wasn't necessarily a, that type of response in terms of all the fans, like, yeah, this is our strongest team. So Sam, what do you think? Do you think that was our strongest team? Not, I'm not asking if you think that's what um, is our strongest thing. What you think is our strongest thing? I, mm, I think it's close to okay. our strongest team. I'm not sure it's our exactly strong. I think it maybe Tuchel, like you said. Um, I think Tuchel maybe thinks that's our strongest team. Maybe okay. switch Werner for Havertz. Kind of obviously Havertz yeah. a bit iffy recently, but I mm-hmm. think maybe that would be our first eleven. And maybe I'm not sure how he feels about Aspie James and that situation, but. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm asking, I'd... yeah, I'm asking how you feel now. Forget about Titi. I'm asking oh, how, you how I feel in terms of our defense. Um, Strongest, I'd team. probably. I don't know. Like, I think when you play James there, and like the the four, the Chilwell, um, Rudiger, Silver, Christensen. I think that's mm-hmm. our that four is definitely and Mendy. So that five mm-hmm. is like definitely first choice for me. Mm-hmm. James and Aspie is where there's a little bit of kind of. I'm not sure. I see different things in their games. Fair enough. On a different day, I'm like, uh, like some of the things, like even when James um, came on at Malmo yesterday, mm-hmm. his inner, he, he really doesn't like passing the ball forward. He mm. really, like, I saw Cho yep. make that run across um, yeah. a number of times. And yep. James, I, I don't know if that's too cool instruction because a lot of our players seem to do that. But mm. he, really, he really doesn't. And for everyone who moans about Aspie in the final third, yeah, he's a bit old, he's a bit slow. But his pass selection for me is better yeah. than Reese James in that yeah. final third. Big facts. And and Meads echoes that. But so so Tuchel was complaining about certain certain number of players. I think specifically Jorginho, Mount, Lukaku, the fact that they're overplayed as well. And then he plays them. So was that part of the reasons you saw the eleven that you were thinking, actually, what's going on here? You've got an opportunity to play. I know we lost against Juventus. But did you feel a little disappointed that he had the opportunity to trust in our wider squad after just complaining about overusing players and then mm-hmm. he goes and overuse players? You know what's mad? Like, 
I, I did. I, I really thought that that was just excuses to be honest. In terms of tiredness and fatigue, like mm. especially, I, I look at. I just feel like he's trying to find a reason and rationale as to why the, his big players and new okay. signing, from, especially from last season, have kind of dropped off the pace a little bit. Okay. I don't think Mason Mount's been tired particularly. I think he's not had a preseason, so he's not a sharp. But mm-hmm. tiredness, I, I just, I just, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of Mason Mount performances have been pretty similar to what you you see from Mason Mount. I don't really think that he's had a, a massive drop-off in levels. Um, Jorginho, I feel like, to a degree, he has. But again, Jorginho hasn't played all the games this season. Um, Lukaku, for me, personally, I don't think Lukaku's level has dropped bad. I think he's had one bad game uh, for us all season. Um, sorry? Which, what was the one bad game? Yeah, I, I think he's had one. Um, I believe it was against... Was it? Who was the last? Who's the last match we played? Brentford. It was Brentford. I think he was poor against Brentford. Did he not come off against Brentford? Maybe. Maybe, um, maybe like seventy-eighth minute for Havertz. I think. Yeah, he came, he came. He came off when it wasn't. Was yeah. it, it wasn't Brentford. He, he came. He came off basically. Yeah, and yeah, he that did. Really happened, and he wasn't really good against Brentford. He was really poor. Um, and every other game, I felt like he's been pretty good, in fact. Um, I just don't feel like the players around him have been conducive to actually creating chances for him. So I feel mm-hmm. he's been quite starved of service. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the attacking co- composition for me has been off and it's been really pissing me off. But ultimately, mm-hmm. I just think that Tuchel's been finding excuses rather than actually being as blunt and straight as he was with Hakim Ziyech and Havertz mm-hmm. about their situation, their form. They've been off. Interesting. You know, you know what I mean? Okay. So let's get into the match. Um, and obviously, I don't know whether it's because they were overplayed, but um, shortly into the match, we had injuries to Lukaku and Werner. But, but before we get into that point, um, where, how did you feel about that match? Were you surprised? Because I know into the match, um, I know Palumi, uh, Pels, sorry. Pels was always like, he was saying, I'm not going to watch this match because it's just going to be a lot of p- passing sideways. Did you feel like this was one of our better matches in terms of gameplay, Sam? Um, yeah, I first half I did. I mean, I think we from kind of rewatching the game because I couldn't watch it at the time. I think we had a we had a good first half. We were on top, albeit against pretty poor opposition. They didn't really do anything. They couldn't keep hold of the ball. They couldn't really get close to us. Um, second half we kind of settled down a bit. A lot of players kind of felt like they were just passing, like the time was passing by. And it, it kind of makes sense to me due to the nature of the result. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't, it's hard to look into a game like Malmo because unfortunately it's not exactly the best opposition. So you don't really want to get kind of carried away with saying, yeah, we were no, much better. But did you, did you like what you saw? Because we can still have difficult opposition against, we've seen it back in the day against, was it Rosenberg or... Copenhagen, we've seen us kind of like banana slip against these type of teams. So mm. f- from what you saw, because um, there is a debate, we're winning games, but are we really like putting teams to the sword? And so did we? Sh- did you? Sh- did you feel like we showed a domination over them? I think we definitely showed a domination. I think we mm. had like seventy percent possession, had like mm. eighteen shots or something. They had two. I don't think they had a shot on target. So, I mean, that's definitely domination. It's maybe mm-hmm. not domination 
in like the way I mentioned previously, the way Liverpool and City do it, where they literally just mm-hmm. pam teams for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. We, we don't really work like that. Our way is to just, yeah, we will do a lot of sideways passing and kind of just keep possession. And sometimes, I'll be honest, it isn't the funnest to watch. It, it can mm-hmm. get a bit kind of frustrating, but it definitely does aggravate the other team as well, as much as it aggravates us, because like, we can't get the ball. Like this. And mm-hmm. then they will eventually come out and then you see the situations where... Mount and Werner are kind of in those pockets in front of the uh, behind the midfield and in front of the fence, and kind of as rec- of recent, the people the, the players in those pockets have not been doing enough with the ball. The I players think... in those pockets, who are the players? Every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Fair enough. Mount, Kai, um, Ziyech, Werner, um, literally every single one of them that's played for me. Cho, when he's played, I think he's kind of done enough. Um, it's hard because he's normally coming on kind of for 30 minutes at the end. He's starting a few games, but then he ends up starting a wing back. So chose a difficult one. So I'll leave him out of it. Um, but in terms of everyone else, I think they just haven't really been doing enough. Um, and that's, okay. I think, where we're going to get our joy. Um, we need, with Lukaku, he ain't going to do the hard work. He's not going to, that's just not him. He's never been him. So we shouldn't have mm-hmm. bought him if we wanted that from him. Um, we can't expect to change it. 28-year-old or however old he is. Um, mm-hmm. So I think right. it's, yeah, just the players behind him aren't doing enough. All right, so let's just zero in on the attack because we just, let's go through Malmo, zero in on the attack and we can talk about the performance. So on to you, Mead. Now, obviously, it's a bit difficult because we had two players go off, so we're going to cover five players. So the starting attack was Mount, Lukaku, Werner. Mm-hmm. Let's, start, let's start with Starboy because apparently he's being called Starboy in the change room. Let's start with Mount. Um, so what did you think about Mount's performance in general? Before you go, one thing I have noticed is, I think I talk about Reese James and, and Chilwell and their delivery into the box and how Chilwell tries to find people. And Reese James puts it in a good area, but with finesse. I find Mount just levers it across all the time. He was annoying last night, man. He's just yeah, he just pams it across. And you know what? Sometimes that can work, but it's just like he's not even, sometimes he's not even looking. Just pam, 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 pam. But what did you think about his performance? Um, I I was covering the match on um on the Twitter account, so I was watching it, and I was also just watching fans' reactions to certain elements of the game. Um, in terms of Mount's performance, I think it was it was it was a typical Mount game. I I don't really know how to explain it. Well, I I can't say that he was poor Uh or rubbish, Uh um, but I also can't. I can't say he was decent or good. I think he was okay-ish. Mm. Um, just a really typical Matt performance, you know, busy, industrious with the press, mm-hmm. not really good tackling, not really good at, you know, trying to recover the ball, but he's very good at pressing and putting the team under pressure, which then forces them to make an errant pass. But in terms of actually him recovering the ball and him actually making the tackles, he's not great at it. He always gets skipped by. He always gets ragdoll when he tries to go into one view, uh, in, into a physical duel. Um, and then with his usage of the ball, for me, pretty poorish, I guess. Oh, not even poor. I get okay-ish. Um, yeah. And I say okay-ish because for me, the, the really good footballer, the really great footballers actually release the ball on time and release the ball yeah. quickly. I feel like Mason Mount, he has he sees the pass but he'll dribble five yards, to, mm. five to ten yards up the pitch, then pass it to the same guy that he could have passed 
to you about two minutes ago. Yeah. He does that all the time. Um, and I think he does that in essence to try and get the ball back from the player that he's passed from. Because if he's passed it the 10 yards, he's still far, he's still just 10 yards away. Whereas if he makes the run five yards and then passes it and then he gets it back, he's just also get it back. Um, And I see it's a theme time and time again. And then again, once he does make the run in behind, once he gets the ball back from the player he's passed to, he then fizzes it across to nobody. Um, And those those countless chances created, those moments can't count as chances created because it's in the six yard box um, and it's a place where you expect people to be. But how good of a chance is that? Um, so again, like I said, he was okay, he was all right, okay ish, I guess. Um, what a good performance for me by any stretch. Um, I saw, saw some match ratings giving him an eight out of ten. I thought that was quite preposterous, still crazy. Um, He's nowhere near now, eight, in, nowhere near an eight. Um, in terms of um, Timo Werner, oh, Timo Werner is very his performances because you get what you get. Um, I feel like sometimes you're going to get. Um, some moments where you think, oh, maybe this is it, but it, it never really happens. Um, I feel like he's, again, relatively busy, um, always kind of in the game, but just no quality, really. He, he also missed a like a two-yard shot. Yeah, he missed good. a two-yard shot. <laughs> Lukaku would have made a, a lovely cross him and then he just tapped it wide, left foot. It's just poor quality. No it's anticipation. That's, that's Hit the back of his foot. Yeah, that's just come. That's just come, you just come to acknowledge that that's really a, a Timo situation. Um, he's very, very sloppy with his finishing. Um, so none of it really surprises me. Again, really relatively poor for 44 minutes. Uh, and Romelu, I thought he started off really well. Um, he looked very, very sharp. Um, again, creating for others, which you know, which is kind of rare because he, he doesn't create for well, no one really creates for him, but he's creating for others. Um, and it's not just, I don't think, what I saw yesterday was more him actually playing in the channel. He wasn't staying static in the middle. Yeah. He was trying to move into the channel and moving onto the right-hand side to trying to get space, not only for him, but for Timo Werner as well, mm-hmm. which I liked a lot. Um, he looked a lot better, a lot sharper, and he's way better when he's facing the play. Um, so, yeah, that was the starting attack. Um, and then, obviously, Lukaku got injured after 23 minutes, and then Kai Havertz came on, which was a, a, a good sub for me. Um, not that, you know, Tuchel really had much of a choice, but um, Havertz came on. I thought Havertz was pretty good. Um, I think in the first half, he wasn't that great because um, he was just still getting into the flow of the game. Um, but second half, I thought he was excellent. Um, linking up well, um, winning his jewels. Um, he was able to catch ball as well. And linking up very nicely with hudson Odoi, And that brings me on to Callum. Um, I thought Callum was... Um, if I was to give him a rating, I'd say maybe seven out of ten max, um, maybe seven and a half actually, um, because I think that he did things that again people that have played in left wing position this season haven't done really and don't really do often. Not only have the ingenuity to find their teammates in promising positions, getting the ball to their players to his teammates quickly and accurately, um, he's able to drive up the pitch as you saw for the first goal and drive up the pitch and then release the ball at the perfect time. Um, so he drove out the pitch from his own half um, and just slot in Kai Havertz and Kai was able to dink it over the keeper, made it 3-0. Um, but yeah, man, it was... Um, Callum, was uh, Callum was good. I wouldn't say amazing. I wouldn't say it was like a super performance from him, but it was a good performance. Um, 7, 7.5, I'd say, max. Um, 
But yeah, so the attack, again, it kind of shaping up exactly how I kind of expect it. Um, I personally don't really like Lukaku as the, the reference point or the guy that you have to play through all the time. Um, I think I prefer Lukaku slightly um, adrift from the central position more towards the right-hand side, play Kai centrally, and Kai moves as that false line, and Lukaku could run into that central area. And you need a creator for me, Callum Hudson-Odoi. He's far, by far our most creative player. Um, well, in fact, by far our most creative um, attacker by miles. So he has to play. Otherwise, you're going to have more creative issues Again, there's no surprises that when Callum's on the pitch, we tend to score more goals. Um, but here we are. Well, attack tend to score more goals. But I feel like I've been ranting for time. So, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I really wanted to go each player by each player, but you was on the roll, so I just let you do your thing. Sam, so covering the attack, I don't know if you really got into your opinions of Mount's game, but we talked about the crossing. Um, I thought personally before you go into it, I think... Ayako Meads, I think he actually, I think he did start one of the account attacks by winning the ball quite high. Um, but in terms of his output, a lot of it was fizzing it into the box. Um, and I just feel like with that, it's like you're not even looking. So the odds are you're not going to find people. I think there was a couple of times where he did look and he had better luck. But um, what were your thoughts on Mark's performance? Yeah, I mean, the, the eight rating is crazy. He was about six, if that maybe a five. Um, the whole crossing thing, he just needs to refine it a lot more. Like you mentioned Chilwell, and there's no way that a wing-back should be more refined in crossing than a kind of the midfielder slash attacker. Um, mm. I think it's just Mason's problem is he tends to, like, it's, it's one of his best strengths, but it also can be a weakness. He plays at 200 miles per hour all yeah. the time. Like, he can't chill out. Like, mm. So when he gets the ball in the box, it's just bang, bang, bang. Like I don't yeah, think yeah. he almost. It's like he's got ADHD. He just he doesn't have a moment. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't have. A, he doesn't have a moment to think. Um, yeah. But like, like you said, sorry to interrupt you, Sam. But Dan, yeah. is this not what we said from game one? From game yeah, this, yeah. But this is what this is what I agree with Sam. It's like part of it is almost like we like the composure of Kai. There's good sides and bad bad sides to it, and it's the mm. same thing with Mount. It's like. There's good size to mount all action, et cetera, et cetera. And there's yeah. bad size to it. And I feel like that emanates in every single part of his game, like the crossing as well. So yeah. it's like, are you necessarily going to change Kai and make him super like mount? You're not. Are you going to change mount and make him super like Kai? Maybe not. Obviously, as they grow older, they refine. But what's interesting is this was his first start in about five games. That's really uncommon for mount as well. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting because... I know um, even Tuchel, I think he sees him as a, a nailed-on starter, but he's probably got, like, again, there's injuries to Vernon Lukaku. There's, like, spots open. A lot of people are going to be vying for it. And, um, yeah, I don't necessarily think he performed in a, in a fashion where it's like, yeah, you have to start the next game. No, I definitely agree. He doesn't, and I'm glad he hasn't started in kind of four or five games. I mean, it sounds harsh, but he deserves it. Like, he hasn't been playing well, Um like you've seen with Callum in the past and other players, like they get dropped when they're not playing well. Mm. So there's no way that he should be kind of a nailed on starter. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously, I, I guess we're going to go into kind of front three later. But that's why I don't mind about in the front three. I just think it, it it depends who he's with. Like if he has to be the kind of creative spark in there, then you, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Mm. Um, it's, it's just not what he is. I know people... Um, 
love creative players and they want every player on a team to be slipping through balls and doing all of this, but you're not going to have 11 of those players. Um, mm-hmm. Can we have one? We're asking for much now. We're yeah. asking We've got one. Where's the Oscar on the bench. Who? Who's the one? one? Callum. Here's the thing for me, yeah? Here's the thing for me. Like, I completely agree in regards to... Mount can, can be a start for Chelsea. Um, Mount can... Uh, and I don't think that's like a... Like, to say that, I think you're being disingenuous if you think that he shouldn't be or can't be. Um, that being said, I don't think that he's off the level or is playing at the level for him to be guaranteed minutes on the pitch every single week. I think, especially in the attack, in midfield, he can make an argument for it. You can make a case for it. But in the midfield, I think we're super strong right now with Loftus-Cheek, Kante, Jorginho and Kovacic. I mean, that's a very strong midfield. Mm-hmm. The fact that you've got Saul that can't really get a kick in, in the Boy. game, and we'll touch on Saul at the run. Um, the fact that he can't really get a kick, Mason Mount, you, you can kind of make room for him, but who's he really ousting from that four? when those four have been really good. You know what I mean? In terms of the attack, bro, I think that you can make a case for him for certain games. I feel like he definitely sets the tone in regards to the press mm-hmm. and he definitely puts the opponents on the back foot. But if you beat that press, then you could be exposed as well. So it, like you said, Dan, you get the rough with the smooth with Mason Mount. Um, the type of player that he is, sometimes you just have to accept that, you know. Is he's that not every footballer, though? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. not every footballer is perfect. You're going to get them, you're going to get the, um, what you prefer and what you don't. I do like composure. So, obviously, me liking Kai, liking um, Hudson, isn't a surprise because them two both got a lot of composure so, in the final third. So, you know? so, so, yeah, let's, let's stand because I know you covered it, Mies, but let's get on to your thoughts on the fact that Lukaku started up front, then Kai came on. And what did you what do you like about Lukaku up front for us? And then also in contrast, when you saw us with Kai, um, what did you like about that? Just in general, this specific game. You can do in general and then make it specific to the game. So Lukaku, like I I do like he's a reference point. I know it's te- he, he I don't think he wants to play like that. Mm-hmm. I, I I get the kind of idea from him that he doesn't love kind of back to goal, but the fact is. When he when he backs into you with the ball, you, you're not getting it off him. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're just not. So that is that that is a strength if used correctly. Um, like like I said, with the players behind him, if they punch it into him between the lines and then run off of him, that that I think that can reap rewards like a lot. I really do. Um, what I don't love about Lukaku, and I'm probably going to get panned for this, but he hates pressing. I don't know if he hates it. He just doesn't do it. Um, and I know people are going to say, "Oh, why do you want your striker to press? You want him to score goals." And it's like, can he not do both? Like, can he not? Can he not like work? I'm not even expecting him to run around like mount levels, but his pressing numbers are really low, like mm-hmm. really low. Like he's mm-hmm. at the bottom. And the way we play and the way we kind of even won the Champions League last year yeah. was due to our press. Like it was a big part, obviously our defence and our goalkeeper and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but our press, especially teams that we played on the continent, the Atletico Madrid, the Real Madrid game, they couldn't handle it. Like they were like, what the, they were like, they -hmm. they were just like so confused with what was going on. Like all these three players just running at you constantly, not giving you and not giving you kind of a second to breathe. And Lukaku doesn't do that. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I I hear you. I definitely hear you on that, man. Um, I I look at even like a thirty-four-year-old Olivia Giroud. Um, he press, he works, he grafts. Mm. Um, he definitely grafts for things. Um, and grafts for the team. I feel like maybe Lukaku can do a bit more. Um, but then I also think, whilst like I look at it like this, Sam. Chelsea, more often than not, will have about 70% of the ball. Yeah. In those moments, what are we doing with it to get Lukaku in the game? Yeah. Uh, whilst, we talk, whilst we talk about the pressing side, we're not pressing that often that much. Um, well, maybe we are because we're recovering the ball. But again, again, when we're having about 70, 75% of the ball, what are we doing for Lukaku in those moments? Because if we're doing enough and providing and certain and giving him the ammunition to score goals, I genuinely, honestly, heart on hearts, would not think any single soul will complain about his lack of pressure. Oh, no, 100%. Honestly, what I think. No, yeah, 100%. I think that he's not scored, the fact he's not scored much, I think it's something that people are highlighting now. Yeah. And also, the pressure, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So whilst, 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 um, whilst he's not scoring, I think everyone's going to start to look at things that, you know, that he can do to make the team apparently better. But Ireland look at things like, what are the team doing to make him Oh, sure. Right, yeah, but, yeah. but then what I'd say, Sam, and I'll let you come in afterwards, is number one, when you're not scoring, you have to be contributing to the game. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, if you're not scoring, then, then yeah, you should get more scrutiny. People are going to see that. And number two, as a top striker, you can't rely on being fed. You have to be able to feed yourself as well. Yeah. So, with yeah. Lukaku, obviously, it's been, it's been five or six games now. Obviously, this one's tough because he only played, like, 20 minutes. But um, that pressure will mount. Um, so, Sam, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, in terms of depressing, it's, it's not even that, like, I need that from a striker. I like to see that. It's mm-hmm. just the way, kind of, I like football to be played. But I think it's just the way we play and the way, kind of, Tuchel built his team was yeah. around that. Yeah. So, I think they're still getting used to it. They're like, well, this guy's not going to, kind of, press. So, we need mm-hmm. to we need to learn how to play around it. Like I, I still, I'm, it's still really early in the season. Like I know yeah. it's been ten games, and I think these kind of at the start of the year, it always feels a lot longer than it's actually been because you have all those international breaks, and mm-hmm. it's technically been like three or four months. But how many games have we actually played? Fifteen, so around that. Um, Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. So, let's say Kai, let's say Lukaku's out for like a month. Werner's out for a month. Kai gets a run playing false nine and, and then he's pressing because Kai presses and we're fluid. We're playing the best football and we're winning. What happens then? We've just, Ooh, we've just, we've just bought a hundred million pound striker. Do we force yeah. Lukaku back in or do, or do you yeah. expect Tuchel to force him back in? Right. So here's my, t- here's my thing in it. I think, what I demand, not even demand, but what I wanted at the start of the season was mm-hmm. not to happen. Kai will play false nine. Mm-hmm. Lukaku will play right forward. Mm-hmm. And Hudson will play left wing. Mm-hmm. I think generally that will be the move. And we will see if we can blitz teams in those moments and Lukaku can get his string of goals. I think that's what potentially will happen because I don't think Timo Werner has to be forced back in. I don't mm-hmm. think he will be forced back in. I think Lukaku will be the one but will that be at the at the expense of Havertz? I don't think so. I think if Havertz is the one that is getting the goals from centre forward or false nine, I think Havertz will stay there 
and Ron will play maybe off the channel because that's probably where he wants to be located. Okay. You know what I mean? I've, that would be so ideal for me. Okay. Honestly, and I, I honestly, in my heart of hearts, I think that's going to happen. I think Kai's going to go on a mad scoring run from now because considering the play people that were playing as well, considering mm-hmm. the fact that we've also got um, Carabao Cup midweek as well, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that Lukaku and Werner probably are going to be out for three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Havertz is going to have to play um, okay. a lot of those games. Okay. All right. So, Sam, what was you going to say? I'm asking you the question. Um, Needs has given his solution. He says, okay, maybe Lukaku comes back. In um, the channel. But yeah, for, you, d- for you, just quickly, the team is stable. So, maybe even whoever's playing right wing, maybe Mount's smashing it at right wing, Hudson smashing it at left wing, and Kai's up top. Then Lukaku comes back. What's your move? What do you think should be the move? What do I think or what do I think will happen? Give me both. Well, what I think will happen is he'll come straight back in because this is Chelsea. We've seen it a million times. When mm-hmm. we buy someone for big money, they come back in the team. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it just always seems to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of what Mead said. I'm a bit I'm a bit apprehensive in terms of if you just have Lukaku as that right forward, like mm-hmm. if he comes too central um, and doesn't use the width enough, then we could kind of find a situation where Kai and Lukaku are kind of on each other's toes. And I think that could be quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the idea of Lukaku kind of, because I think he is best when he's on that right channel coming mm-hmm. into the box or coming kind of into the danger areas from yeah. that right channel. Yeah, Because like we've seen it a number of times with Chelsea, when he's running down the middle of the pitch, but he's stepped on the ball at least three times. Like, at least three times he's just stepped on the ball when he's trying to run. But I think on the wing where he's got more space and he's quick and he's strong. Mm-hmm. So when he gets going, he can just kind of brute go force. past you. Yeah, brute force attack through, through your kind of back line. Um, mm. Do you know what? Do you know what I liked about Kai yesterday when Kai came on? There were times like, I've always said one of Kai's biggest assets and you lose it when he plays in these kind of half positions. But I've always said that one of his biggest assets is getting in behind, finding the gaps, getting in behind. There was one yeah. time where the ball came in. He came deep to gather the ball, laid it off. As soon as he laid it off, he started to make that dart in behind. And he just continued yeah. making a dart. He slowed down and then he sped up. And then he got the ball and then he shot. He didn't score. Was that in the first half? Was that in the first half? It, it may have been, yeah. It may, it may have been the first half. But yes, just, and he bent it over. He, snapped yeah. it, he shifted it onto his left and then blasted it over. But yeah. I See, that's why, Dan, that's why I know you know ball, bro. Could you... It's a... Small things. Mm, People don't it see is. it. People it see is. that brass over and think, oh, that's shit. The movement to get into that, the movement to then find a yard. That, like, I that I saw that. I tweeted it on the account. I thought, that is actually quality. Yeah. That full, that centre of play, that's quality. You know what I mean? And you do lose that when he plays in the half. Right. In the half in the and, and it's just, Kai has that deafness of touch that Lukaku for me doesn't have. So even like the penalty that Rudiger caused, that was a nice little deft touch off the Rudiger, and that got him in the box. And I want yeah. that kind of, I want that in the middle. And mm. I, Lukaku can be all kind of hustle bustle on the right, but I need, I, I, I want to see this Kai project work before Lukaku comes back because I'm invested um, in that working. But um, um, Sam, again, back to you, because I know we did give uh, me the, the ability to go through every single attacker. So we've covered for you, we've covered Mount, we've covered Lukaku. Did you want to cover Werner quickly or is everything sorted in Werner? Werner's Werner at the end of the day. Oh, <laughs> anything, anything from you on Kai and Hudson? 
Um, I think we probably, it was like I said, um, they probably looked better than Lukaku and Werner, but I'm not sure as a team if we looked better, but mm. it wasn't anything to do with them. I think it was just the way the game went, where we were already like 3-0 up. It's bound to slow down, um, especially where we've been, where we've got another game Saturday and we've already played on um, Saturday before. Like it was always going to slow down a little bit. Um, like Mead said, Callum gives you stuff on that left wing that I'm not sure anyone else gives us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe Pulisic when he's fit and firing, but that guy is just on a hospital bed constantly. Um, the, the pass to Kai. I'm not going to lie. I think it was a little bit overhit, and I think mm-hmm. um, Kai done very well to finish that off. But I'll mm-hmm. let Callum off because it was it was really. I'm going to sound like clock now, but it was really wet. It was raining. So those passes are always in that condition going to skid mm-hmm. kind of very far. So, I mean, he's, he still set Kai up for a good chance that, like um, you lot said, other players maybe like wouldn't have done that. They would have cut in and tried fizzing it with their right foot in towards the goal or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like the callback. Go on. Yeah. And um, yeah, so Callum just, it just feels like every time he plays, he has to do something in terms of, kind of um, goal contribution. What I like, sorry, just quickly, what I liked about Callum is that one of the first thing, he did, like, he wasn't just overhitting that, that assist, he did overhit it, but that's fine. Um, but he was, I think he was overhitting it a bit when he came on, but one of, one of the things that he came on and then he got the ball on the touchline, two players came in to kind of take the ball off him and he passed it in between them and then you heard the crowd go, Whoa. or like there was a, there was a reaction they from the crowd. It. They've missed that. Yeah. Does that? This is what I'm saying. And it's like, wingers are supposed to give you that. We should have more players that give you that. Obviously, we had Eden that give, gives you that. But I like that. Like, like he was... Like, even the Southampton game when he nutmegged the player, um, Livermento it was, like, um, it was... It's good to... It's good to... We're seeing more and more of Hudson on the left. Let me ask you this question. Is there a player that you can remember for as... I can't think of a player that hasn't played in their actual position for most of their career. So they've come through as this type of player, and then they just haven't been played there. Because Alonso is a striker. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but, like, for everybody, like, Tuchel said, I know he's best on the left, but he has to do it for the team. And it's like, he mm. didn't... I know left the left position now is a contested position because there's a lot of right footers that would have been left and cut in. But it's such a shame that he hasn't played there much, don't you think? I feel like... Oh, it's so frustrating. When you read comments like that, uh, I uh, like I love Tuchel. Don't get me wrong. Like Tuchel's for me, best coach in the world. Like, I I love him, but I feel like remember uh, probably about a couple months ago I said that I feel like Tuchel is almost punishing Cho because Cho didn't fall in line with his idea of thinking about yeah. Cho being this amazing wing back. And you know, I feel like that's still leaving us a bitter taste in Tuchel's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows that Hudson is better on the left. He knows that. He knows that that's where he wants to play. Mm-hmm. But he also feels in his heart that Hudson could do an amazing job as a wingback, as an attacking dominant on that right, in, in terms of an attacking phase, be dominant on that flank. And if you look at the way that um, we play, you can kind of understand what his thinking is. Because look at the way Chilwell played the other day. Look at the way Aspie played the other day. In terms of coming in field and doing those out to in runs and into mm-hmm. out runs as well, our wing backs can actually be considered our most 
potent and more dangerous players in terms of in the attacking phase. And I could see why he'd like irritated at the fact that Hudson didn't really buy into it. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, Tuchel needs to also understand that, look, this is a player that's only 20, 20, turned into, well, he's 21 now. Um, he's turning 21 soon. Mm-hmm. He's literally come up playing left wing all his career. Um, and that's where you know he's the most dangerous. Um, and you said it even when you first came. Like, you said, oh, yeah, we still haven't seen Hudson on the left. So you know these things. But yeah. I feel like you need to kind of allow him room to grow into that position rather than shifting them out wide. Whilst he didn't buy into your concept, still give him an opportunity to actually show what he can do in his favourite position. And if it doesn't work out, cool. Then you can go back to your experiment. Yeah. If you give him ample opportunity and he doesn't actually do what you want him to do as a winger, as an attacker, cool. Then he has really no qualms in being moved outright. But you know what I mean? I, I feel like he needs to be given that allowance and that freedom. Yeah, we we to play. Yeah, we need to see a body of work of him on, yeah. on the left. But um, just like, quickly, like, can I just say something? Yeah, just leading on from that, in terms of what you said about him, like growing up as a left winger. Mm-hmm. That's like definitely. It's also not the fact he just grew up as a left winger. He grew up as like a bona fide star boy left winger. Yeah. Like everyone who kind of watches and t- t- takes notice of youth football was like, this guy is kind of like a insane talent. So mm-hmm. like mentally, for a young kid to be like, oh no, you're not playing there. You're playing wing back now. It's it's definitely gonna like be like, well, why? It's it's like when everyone's telling you you're amazing in this position, and then a coach comes in and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we're gonna stick you back here. But to be be fair, Sam, to be fair, like I think at this point, I know like the way humans are, we get demanding, but we we have to reset. I remember at that point, he wasn't even getting game time. So I remember Hudson at the beginning being happy to be right wing back. But then obviously, like the more you play it, the more you play it, the more you realise, actually, I can't do. Because if you remember under Lampard, he was scoring goals and assisting before he got sacked. Um, And then Tuchel comes in and he plays him right wing back and it's more difficult to do it from there. But just wrapping up on this section, obviously, um, Kai, again, scored an amazing goal from these angles. Like, when he's at that angle, like, he seems to find just this deft touch to chip it in again. He's got that kind of composure to do it. But obviously, Hudson and Kai, the link-up happened again. I think, Meads, you must have done a tweet even, like, was it a year ago about the amount of times, yeah. or in the summer, about the amount of times they link up. And we don't, we haven't got to see them um, play much together. So, um, are you expecting, because, listen, Pulisic might be back. We don't know. Apparently, he's close. But this is an opportunity. For like yeah, to be fair, even if he's close, he's still probably not match fit. But this is definitely an opportunity because I think we've been asking to see Havertz and Hudson because you want combinations that really link well to play together and they seem to link well. So um, do you expect Havertz and Hudson to be starting now that Werner and Lukaku um, are injured? And the question I, I want to ask is, how would you react if... Even with these injuries, we don't get to see it. <laughs> I'm laughing at the reality because that yeah. could be a, a very big reality. You know exactly. I mean? um, look, it'd be very disappointing. Um, I feel like Hudson's kind of bided this time. He's did he's done pretty much all of the hard work, the grafting, mm-hmm. um, staying behind even when he's been called out for international duty. He's done all of that to showcase, look, I'm serious, you know. And also when it comes to actually coming onto the pitch and having an impact on the pitch, I think the last two starts he's had, um, well, the last start he had, um, he was good against Southampton. And again, his, you know, he had a big contribution yesterday. 
I've always been a, a, a fan and always been a, um, an advocate of playing your best combining attack. Or like, so I've always said that, look, I don't want to see Hakim Ziyech if Timo Werner's not playing. I don't. I just don't want to see it. I don't want to see Hakim Ziyech playing unless Timo's playing. I don't want to see Werner playing unless Ziyech is playing. I don't want to see, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Kai unless Hudson's playing because I know no one else is going to feed Kai. Mm-hmm. You, you get what I'm trying to say? I feel like they, them two have a real understanding. I don't really see, oh, and obviously Werner and Kai kind of have a slight understanding. But mm-hmm. other than that, the pairings, I need to see something. And those two, for me, are the most exciting. And they are the ones that could probably make things happen by themselves and together. So for me, it just makes sense. It's um, not. It's not. It's not guaranteed. But one, I think, obviously, like I'm not saying I was happy for the injuries, but I've I've spoken a number of times about the fact that we've got way too many options, and I just want us to see some stability in attack. And yeah. um, maybe this is an opportunity for us to get that. So just quickly moving on to midfield, Jorginho, Mr. UEFA. I've been watching. I've been watching Chelsea matches from the beginning of the season, all in a short space of time, because I wanted a good overview of how the season's gone so far. I think, I know a lot of people think that Jorginho hasn't played, but I think Jorginho has been really good. He's been really consistent this season. Um, He scored two goals, two penalties again. My question to you both is, obviously, Lukaku went off as the penalty was won, but Jorginho's taken both of the penalties. And I know that, Maybe the question was up in the air because Lukaku may have been the penalty taker this season. Are you comfortable with the fact that if Jorginho continues on being our penalty taker, Sam first and Meads? Yeah, I mean, if he keeps scoring, I don't, I don't really care. Okay. I'll be honest with you. Like, Jorginho has shown that he's got a very good penalty record. Hmm. I know he misses a couple, but I mean, who doesn't? If you, unless your name's Matt Letizia and Ricky Lambert, hmm. you miss like no penalties. Like people miss penalties. Hmm. Um, yeah. I like, like, obviously, you like that Lukaku's going to get penalties, but even if he scores 10 penalties, everyone will just say at the end of the year, MPG. So, yeah. who cares? Like, and I'll be saying it along with them, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he wins the penalty himself, like last no, night. yesterday, MPG, for me. It still, it still is. It still is. Yeah. But I think if you win the penalty yourself, maybe it's a little bit different. Mm. Um, it's like last night, he probably is going to score if that guy doesn't take him out. Mm. That he's probably going to slot that, um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a non-point to me. I just I, I imagine in training they do penalties and decide, and whoever's the best should take them. If Lukaku's better than Jorginho, let him take them. If he's not better than Jorginho, let Jorginho take them. Uh, Meads, what do you think? There's the argument, obviously, that Lukaku has scored for X amount of games. These type of penalties kind of helps the mentality of striker because it kind of ties you over in terms of the tally you've got last time you scored. What do you think? I don't think it make. I don't think that counts. I honestly think strikers know the difference. I feel like strikers really do know the difference between that feeling, and I feel like it's happened before. I think Timo Werner went for a drought and he had those penalties in Champions League. Still was rubbish after. I think that they need to get a real goal, score a real strikers goal. Then yeah. like one yard happens. I think that is what gets the the fire going again, rather than a, a cheap pen. I, I think it's different. I'd much, much more rather leave Jorginho on pens. I think he's been showing he's consistent and he's also shown that he's able to switch it up. To the, the Yesterday he showed, he took two different penalties, two different styles. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know he, Jorginho, like, he's a bit like, hazard, like, I feel like he doesn't massively feel nerves. Mm. Yeah. Like, if any situation he's going to do the same thing, he's going to feel the same. Not sure, like, 
Lukaku's shown in kind of big games that maybe he does kind of feel the pressure sometimes. I'm not yeah. sure if Jorginho does. Okay. All right. One of the rising stars of the season, all of a sudden, is Chilwell. Uh, Sam, over to you because the volume, <laughs> <laughs> the volume <laughs> the guy that this guy has been doing. Like, Chilwell, you are, are, you are English professional correspondent. That's why you're bringing up names like Ricky Lambert and Matt Letizier. So I have to come to you <laughs> on Benjamin Chilwell. Because um, obviously Alonso, one of the reasons why Alonso gets in is because he strikes. So Chilwell, I guess he's showing that shit. I can do that too and more. Talk to me about Benjamin. I mean, it's a, I told you so moment. I can't lie. <laughs> how is that? How is that? I told you so. What did you tell them? So just not anyone in particular. Well, anyone that was like trying to kind of um, say why Alonso was starting. It mm-hmm. Just it never ever made sense to me. Like, yeah, he's going to do some good things. He's a professional footballer, but I'm judging him on what he doesn't do mm-hmm. and what he can't do. Mm-hmm. Um. Wing back, like if you've ever like obviously played football, like wing back is probably one of the most physical positions to play. Like in terms mm-hmm. of running up and down and up and down mm-hmm. and up and down, pretty much for ninety minutes. That's what you're doing. Um, Chilwell's shown to us he has a great engine. He's kind of deceptively pretty quick. Mm-hmm. He can run with the ball. And by the way, these are all things that Alonso can't do. Um, so with Alonso, what you're kind of looking at is is he going to arrive in the box and score? Sam, can I ask you this question? If what? Marcus Alonso's name was Mark Allen, would you rate him more? No, I'd <laughs> rate him less. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> Meads, Meads, what do you think about Chilwell? Because he's come in and I think a lot of people prefer him just because he looks like he's, tech, he, tech. he can move more. Um, but I, what I would say is watching all of the games this season in a short space amount of time, Alonso's had a really good season. And I know that Chilwell's had to buy his time and be patient, but I think both of them have had good performances. Um, so what do you think, Needs? I completely agree. I feel like Alonso... I, I struggle, because I, I hate him. But I, yeah, it's okay. true. It's a strong word. It's a strong word, man. <laughs> I don't it's like strong him. enough. Yeah. I don't like him. I dislike him as a footballer. I've mm-hmm. always said he's sloppy, Mm-hmm. He's so careless and lackadaisical with his passing to his teammates. Physically, he's not up to it. He can get dominated physically all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think defensively, he's very, very, very suspect. Um, and in the final third, he's only great at shooting. His crossing is disgusting. Um, so there's a lot of things to dislike about Marcus Alonso um, in terms of as a player. But this season, he started off pretty well. And... Obviously, Chilwell came back from the Euros after not playing. That was definitely a massive setback for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like Alonso was going from strength to strength, so it's very difficult, as Tuchel trying to be fair, to drop him. Um, until, I think, he had, a, he had a shaky moment and really cost us the game against uh, Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, more recently, Chilwell got an opportunity against Juventus um, and he looked pretty decent. Then again, Chilwell's gone from strength to strength, and I think Chilwell yeah. has deservedly start now started and deservedly fit, well one of the first names on the team sheet because um, he's been really good. He's become a secret weapon with his volleys as well, um, yeah. and Chilwell's always had nice striking technique. Yes. Um, so you know, I like the way he crosses the ball. I do like the way he shoots. So yeah, yeah it's, it, he he deserves it, and I'm I'm happy for him because um, he has had a start a tough tough start. Yeah. But, um, yeah. What I'd say is. Um, 
Alonso, like I think both of you echo, like he's always had that kind of in his soccer because um, we saw it from, from him last season. Um, but also he was one of our, I think he was our second highest assister last season as well. And we all know we kind of miss a little bit of creativity. So we've got like someone... Chilwell or Alonso? Chilwell. Chilwell, yeah. yeah. Chilwell. So um, not only is he bringing um, a goal for it, but again, like we're saying, he can find people in the box as well. And I think his link up with players is better as well. I know that him and Hudson, maybe they didn't find each other as much, but they really haven't played much together. But I'm I'm looking forward to see uh, seeing more of that. Just as we close, this is a little chessy hour. I want to focus on two people. I want to take us back to Brentford. I know it was a long time ago. I don't want to talk about the whole game. But I do want to talk about Mendy because that was an insane performance. But before we get to him, just talking about RLC because this is someone... I know Saul came on yesterday in the uh, Malmo game, but that was more like token minutes. I would have thought at the beginning of the season, this would be a game where it's 4-0, the game's done, that RLC will get chucked these pity minutes, which is kind of why I wanted him to go on loan because I wanted it better for him. Not that I didn't believe in his ability, but... Now Saul's getting those minutes and I think it's because RLC has been stunning every single opportunity he's been given. Um, so Sam on RLC, um, because I know we've got Gilmore, I know we're playing Norwich soon, um, but Gilmore was supposed to go on loan and come back and come back straight into the team. We've got Gallagher out there. Even early on in the podcast, Meads was talking about Mount potentially being an option for the centre. But RLC's come back and he's thrown a good spanner into the works because not only does he look like someone that can compete in that position, he looks like a star for me anyway. So what's your opinions on, on RLC, Sam? Listen, I'll be the first to hold my hands up and say I thought his time at Chelsea was done. Yeah. Like After his Fulham loan, I was like, I'm not sure if he's ever... just just Not just because of how he was playing, but also the nature of how Chelsea are as a club. Mm-hmm. I just honestly thought that was it. And I can't tell you how happy it makes me. Like, he was our first star boy. That's what him, mm-hmm. kind of Christensen as well, similar type. Mm-hmm. But he was our first. And you never forget your first, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, the name of the podcast. Okay. Like, he, I think every Chelsea fan, even the ones that, I don't want to say turn on him because mm. I don't think we turn, like, I don't think people turn no, on him. No, they did. They did. Yeah, they probably did, but let, let's, let's, let's allow it. Um, that's fair that's fair that's fair i think there was some there was some logic behind it um what for, for some people for some okay. people like okay. not for everyone some people yeah. were just going too overboard mm-hmm. but in terms of how happy it makes me and how how good he actually is mm-hmm. like they were even speaking about it on the main pod that i only actually got a chance to listen to today so it's fresh in my memory but um, Leroy was saying, like, he's a Rolls-Royce of a footballer. And that's kind of a um, a term you hear described about RLC a lot. Like, ever since he's been coming through. Like, yeah. that's what he is. Yeah. And obviously, this isn't a comparison. This is nothing to do with a comparison. But people obviously said he's like Zidane in the similar sense of, like, he's big, he's strong. Mm-hmm. He's got a brilliant touch. He can drive. Oh, that time at Brentford where two men were pressing him, he probably yeah. it. <laughs> like, that's the shit I love. You've like, got awareness. That's yeah. what we all want football for. Yeah. Like, that's what we want to see. And I'm so glad. It's still going to be difficult for him because, like you lot have said, our central midfield area is is very strong. Like, mm-hmm. is he is he moving ahead of Jorginho, Kante or Cover? I'm not he, sure yet. He's Maybe kid. he's level with Cover. 
He's Maybe. peers with them. He's peers with them. He's at- I still think Georgina and Kante are going to be our first choice too. Man, look, all I'm saying is I don't see a drop off. He's peers. I love it when. Oh Kovacic- no, I don't see a drop off at all. I love. I love it when Kovacic and RLC are playing because both of them can pass in that intertouch, but then both of them could just yeah. spin and just drive. Um, yeah, and I cool. think too cool smart as well because I I think those like that the fan reception of someone like Ruben and him coming back and like. Mm-hmm. I've I've heard from people that have been at the games like every time he does something nice every time like they're so happy like yeah it's just seeing that and I think Tuchel Tuchel knows that so yeah. I think I think that's I think that is important cool and then and yeah I think even even I think even if he was a foreign player I think if he was Saul or if he came in the way he's playing now I can't lie if he came in for hundred million no one's gonna complain that's the way he's playing right now I'm so proud uh, I actually agree Meads uh, RLC what have you got to say about the remontada? Well, you, you don't know. I've been Ruben's, probably one of Ruben's biggest fans. Um, I'm just happy that he's been given a fair opportunity to really showcase what he can do. I think that with the fleeting minutes that he was given initially, um, he did really, really well. And Tuchel, being a fair man, um, really and truly um, made it, Made it happen, you know. He, he gave him a fair opportunity. He took it with a scruff and then obviously got his deserved starts. And he just looked so... Not just... Do you know what it is, Dan? He looked so polished and refined. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's certain things that um, he could obviously still improve on, you know. And I think that just comes with more game time and consistency. But in terms of, like, the, the you know, the final pass and, you know, I don't really expect that from your centre midfielders anyway, but mm. because I know Ruben's ability, he's got that in his locker. So I expect that to improve. But I feel like he's just a far more refined footballer now. And I think mm. he's playing with so much freedom mm. and freedom of expression mm. that he can dominate any match he wants to. And I think he, like, there's very few players that you think that you could put them in anywhere, like, anywhere, like mm. in any league. And he shines. I think Ruben is, has that ability because he's that good. The, the ability that the PNP, the, the technical ability that the guys have, the way he can ghost past people, um, the way he can keep the, the, the ball, and and also added with that now, he's got added intensity. You know, he he yeah. what he grasps. He does the dog work now. You know, he's not afraid to put a foot in, not yeah. afraid to tackle, not afraid to press. It's really, really impressive. It's really impressive. And it's a testament to his mentality, his mm-hmm. desire, because he could have easily packed it in and said, you know what? No, I'm going to, the full-on thing didn't work. I, I'm going to I'm gonna dip, you know? But he said he had every intention of returning back to Chelsea after the loan, every mm-hmm. single intention of fighting for his place. And that's a testament to his mentality. We already, we already knew he's a mentality monster, but I think this, after the 18 months or 24 months that he's been through, to show, to see him playing for Chelsea, putting on that blue shirt again, and getting the accolades that his talent actually deserves for me is absolutely amazing. It's, you know an, it's amazing to see. You know, it's so funny. It's so funny. Like there was a match. I can't remember whether it was Southampton or Brentford, but he was talking about playing the anchor and how he has to adjust himself. So I remember watching the match, and he must have done that Ruben run. Do you know that Ruben run from deep and he just turns, and all of a sudden he's just running at um, the other team, and he must have done it quite a lot. And after the match, he was like. Oh, I didn't get to do it as many times as I wanted because I'm anchor, so I had to kind of cut. I was like, "How many times did you want to dribble past everyone?" Like it's crazy. 
Like, and he said that ha- he, he had to kind of temper himself because he wanted to do it more. And I, I saw yeah. I saw a graph from like two, three seasons ago. And what it did is, do you know those spat, um, those kind of graphs on Twitter where it shows like um, all midfielders, whether it's the pressing, tackling. This was a graph where it was X and Y axes and it was showing progression. And it was showing the under 24 midfielders in Europe. And Loftus-Cheek for like progressing in terms of running with the ball was an outlier compared to everybody else. And yeah, like we've got that in our locker right now. So he's doing amazing. But again, just to end, I don't like all credit goes to all credit to Peter Cech. All credit to Peter Cech. Because Mendy, insane. I'm sorry. Insane. Insane. Mendy, I've been watching, like I said, in a short span of time, um, all of the matches this season. And I promise you, without Mendy, we'd, we'd probably be fifth. We'd probably be like fifth or sixth. It's crazy. It's insane the amount of important saves that he's made. Um, then you look at the stats, percentage-wise, in terms of the amount of shots he's faced, because it's percentage, he's got the highest save percentage in Europe. And in like Champions League as well. Or something. Yeah, and in Champions crazy. League as well since October 2020. The high, so we've literally got the best goalkeeper in the world. So what the danger is, because Mendy's amazing, but again, there's African Nations Cup, and or maybe there's injury. So maybe he's hiding a lot of our flaws. That's something to take away with. We've got such a good goalkeeper. I think it could be hiding some of our flaws. In terms of the attack, we're not scoring enough, etc. It could be all two calls, wonderful, etc., etc. But Mendy is really insane. I don't know if you guys want to add anything about Mendy before we close. Sam? Um, I'm not sure about it hiding our flaws. Maybe a little bit, but I think if you look at every great team across history, mm-hmm. uh, it obviously it's Chelsea, so even if you look at the teams we won the league with, they've all been built on a great goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a kind of, it's a cliche, but a goalkeeper is worth 10, 12 points a season. <laughs> that's what we um, told Arsenal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, but it is a fact. Um, mm-hmm. And he is slowly becoming, if he's not already there, um, <laughs> one of the best in the world. And I know people like to say, obviously, consistency and length of time that mm-hmm. he's doing it. Because obviously, kind of a lot of the other top goalkeepers you're comparing him with have been doing this for kind of four or five years. Um, so yeah, I, I, but I'm pretty sold on the fact of he's one of the best in the world. Um, mm. like I've watched goalies, well, I don't watch them specifically, but you see goalies <laughs> in, and very rarely do you see like Mendy kind of make a. I think I can remember one stupid thing he's done for Chelsea. I can't remember what game it was, but he kind of, uh, I think, where, was it Everton where he rushed out his box, gave away a penalty, mm. and that, yeah, like, but. I just, even his passing, like I know people like to say he wasn't good at his feet and that. And obviously I think there's a kind of a lot of different reasons for people saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even his passing is, is, is really good. Like it's really good. Like, he can punch it into midfield. He can yeah. do the long ball. I'll go, go on the Champions League final. Doesn't come if he doesn't pass yeah. it. Yeah. Like he's, I, I, I genuinely don't have enough superlatives yeah, he to be brave about Mendy. To be honest, he's he's incredible. Yeah, and his, yeah. his story helps. I love his story. It's yeah. a lovely story and all that. Meads, final words on Mendy before we uh, wrap up. 
He's too good. He's lost for words. <laughs> he's, 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 he's the best in the best in the world. Best in the world. Period. Cool. Uh, and then shout out Christensen, first goal for Chelsea. I was watching Christensen. Sometimes, because yeah. he had the four nips back, he looked like Cesc, the class. So shout out to him. Thank you guys for listening. Um, uh, join our Discord if you haven't. The community is active. Obviously, check us out on YouTube. We are producing Patreon content. Um, it's been another Chessie Hour. Thank you for joining me, Sam. Safe man, safe. Please, um, and we'll see you guys, or you'll hear us from us next week. All right, cheers. When I shot my shot, but I didn't have guts, so I hit the post. But next time it's a golden goal. And it- Sports Social Podcast Network.